song introductions this is the looking up program and you're listening to danny shell and sharissa how are you today pastor danny i'm praising the lord my friend and happy to be back at faith fm yes we have missed you Yes, like a hole in the head. Um, no, Not quite look, like that even. <laughs> we did miss your brightness uh, on this program. I have, I have missed being on this program. I think it's, I haven't been on this program for about three weeks, maybe four weeks. I might need to reintroduce myself. Well, we're about to get a good dose of you today, so we're mm. looking forward to it. And uh, on that note, um, we are continuing today back in our study of Revelation chapter 14. What in particular are we studying about the three angels' messages today? Today we're looking... Looking at confusion. Confusion is the order of the day in society, <laughs> and today we're going to be highlighting that. Now, today we're going to be taking a look at the second angel's message. Okay. In the three angels' messages, God's final message of love to the world, those three all important messages that we've been journeying through. And so today we're going to be taking a look at um, Babylon. What does Babylon entail? And um, why does the Bible say that Babylon is fallen, is fallen? So we're going to be looking at that today. Yeah, this is extremely relevant, particularly if you're listening and you're thinking, I have no idea what the mm. second angel's message is about. You need to stay with us. This is a program especially for you. We want to remind you all that you can go back and listen to all of our previous episodes of this program. Uh, if you want to catch up on our study that we did on the first angel message, which is Revelation 14, 6 and 7, you can just simply go to Faith FM website or go to the Faith FM app and you can access all previous epo- episodes there as podcasts there, I believe. Mm. I've got the app on my phone and definitely we recommend no, they're it. They're all there. They're all there. And I think we've already had um, the first angel's message was about seven messages or so. Yeah, we did. I remember something. Took like, us. Yeah. We did it yeah. pretty thoroughly. We did a very thorough job and, yeah, and we've got at least two on this second angel's message beginning with today. Absolutely. So, yes, please go back, check those things out. And also, a reminder, this is a broadcast that is coming to you live. We're coming to you live right now from the Newcastle uh, studio here. And so if you have a comment or you have a question that you would like to pitch to us, our prayer request, whatever it is, we'd love to hear from you. Please text us on our very own personalized looking up number. It's 4 I'll say it again, 4 And so we really look forward to hearing from you. Pastor Danny's always wondering if we have listeners. Mm. (laughs) It gets exciting when we hear from them. Apart from Shell, who's our (laughs) producer, you kind of wonder. She's listening all the time. We did have a number that... that Tuned in last time and That's gave us right. a text message. So we're going to listen to Tammy Larson now. She's going to sing I Love to Tell the Story. And right after that, we will be right back with some current events and how they apply to your life and the Bible. I love to tell the
love to tell the story. That song never grows old. Well, you're listening to Looking Up and Pastor Danny, we have so much to catch up on in the news. And yes, not, we do. Not even just in the news, but we've had a, both of us were at the same big camp yeah. experience up at yeah, Stewart's yeah, yeah, Point yeah. Campground. There was, I think, maybe 2,000 people there. Probably about, I think it was about 2,500 two campers thousand. on site and then there, was, there were others who were off site that were coming in. Yeah, and that began on the Easter weekend and continued right. through for a week mm-hmm. and finished just before Anzac Day. That's correct, so, yeah. So. Yeah, you had a good time. Oh, look, it was always it's it's always great to be able to catch up with a lot of people and reconnect and meet some new people and so yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I enjoy all all gatherings where there's lots of people. You know, I enjoy that. That's true. Like a pig in mud. You Danny's know, so. the last one to leave anywhere where there's people. Basically, <laughs> basically, whether I'm invited to the place or not, yeah. I'm the last one to leave. <laughs> amen, amen. No, it was good, and um, there was a good atmosphere there, a good spirit. And even though you know COVID was running rampant, mm-hmm. which I expected um, it to be the case. You know, we know how many cases we got going through New South Wales at any one time and so I figured you know with so many people at one place there would be there would be a lot of COVID but even so people were just so happy to be there no one complained about the COVID situation no one said well you know you shouldn't be having camp um, under these circumstances no everyone was the opposite everyone was just happy to be there they realized it's kind of inevitable um, that either you will get it sooner or later um and for most people, you know, it's not too bad. It's not It's not too severe. And so, yeah, people really appreciated the opportunity to come back because we haven't had a proper big camp like this since 2019. Mm. So it's been, I guess, three years. So it was a pretty big experience, eh? Yeah. 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 yeah How was, did you enjoy it? I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> You're not camping, a big camper. You're not no, a big camper, are camping you? Is not really, I would make a terrible Israelite. <laughs> 40 years in the You would have been one of those yeah, that would have said, let's go back to Egypt, yeah. back to my comfortable bed. <laughs> that would have been a very big temptation. <laughs> God, so, God knew that, so that's why I'm not born then. <laughs> yeah. No, look, I've got to say, you know, I mean, having to, in the middle of the night, get up out of your tent to walk like 20 metres, 30 metres to go to the toilet, not much fun when I just, you know, you no. walk three, three, four metres into the ensuite at That's home. Right. Um, and the beds, the beds are okay, you know, they're like yeah. from the 1930s, but they're still pretty good. They're, you know, they they can hold you up pretty well and the mattresses, well, you don't want to look too closely at the mattresses because right. um, they're used in year in, year out and they're stored and there's, all sorts of other little Bugs. critters that enjoy those beds during the year. I mean, you know, why not? I mean, they're just sitting oh, there really unused. They're everyone. sitting there unused. <laughs> so the little critters, they enjoy the beds during the year. Yep. And so, yeah, we kind of all get together and say, when you're sleeping, you're sleeping with lots of company. That's <laughs> just as well. I will we will never <laughs> hire a bed there again. Just as well. We can't see our friends yes. <laughs> because they're so tiny. <laughs> Anyway, that's probably enough encouragement for those who are thinking of going to big camp next year. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. On a, on a different note, there's mm. a lot been happening, not yeah. only on the mattresses and the bed bugs, but, <laughs> but around the world um, yeah, in the new been. space. What, what took well, your Well, you start um, off first, my friend, because my, t- my list is massive, so it wouldn't be well, fair if I hogged the whole time. So you go first. Okay, the first thing that I, I would wanted to talk about and mention, and probably you have something on this too, was Twitter, Elon Musk. He bought mm-hmm. it out. That's yeah, amazing. That was on my list as that well. That was on your list. Very interesting. That is quite amazing. Um, and it says, you know, 
well, the news articles are saying some people think it's great and other people on a different political spectrum think it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting that he did so because, you know, freedom of speech matters mm-hmm. to him and he called it the town square of, you know. And, yeah. and I liked too that he said that, um, you know, he hopes that even the people who disagree with him and all of that, they stay on Twitter because, you know, that's the purpose of it. It's to give everybody an opportunity to, to speak. Yeah, did you have any more? You well, no, to I just that? wanted to say that um, I was I was I was uh, pleasantly surprised that that took place because I think it's pretty obvious to most people, certainly to me, it is that we have had um, very much all the platforms, all the big tech platforms have been on the same page when it comes to what they will allow mm-hmm. and what they won't allow, and all of a sudden now we have one of these significant platforms who are not willing to, you know, go along with, uh, with the narrative of, of where the rest are going, which is, you know, sort of one, one view, one, one narrative. And so he's opening it up. And I think it's extremely critical. I don't think people realise um, how important free speech mm-hmm. is. Free speech is absolutely fundamental to a democracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, without free speech, you do not have a democracy. In fact, free speech, freedom of religion... They go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is why the the framers of the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution, ensured that they would enshrine that in the very First Amendment, you know, freedom to speak, freedom to assemble, freedom to show forth your grievances um, to, to the government, um, you know, freedom to protest, a freedom to worship according to the dictates of your own conscience. And, and without that freedom... Um, we don't we don't have democracy, and ultimately we we don't have we don't have that vital component that God created humans in. You know, He created us in the image of God as free beings, and um, and it's so so important because I can just give an illustration of this. And um, I don't know if I've mentioned this in the past, um, but a few weeks ago I, I interviewed a couple. Well, we had we had Brad come in. Um, talk about, you know, the rally down in Canberra and giving out spiritual literature. And anyway, as I was interviewing him on that particular Sabbath, um, I was, you know, I was saying the day's coming when we won't be able to, you know, freely share, you know, the the three angels' messages. We won't be able to freely share, you know, our convictions when it comes to Scripture. And lo and behold, while I was sharing that, Facebook, we live stream through YouTube and through Facebook. And Facebook, the algorithms were going into overdrive and um, the algorithms were saying, sorry, you know, inappropriate content, whatever, whatever, you know, um, please explain. And so, you know, the moderator um, from our church was, you know, back and forth with, I guess, the algorithms, you know, that were that were sending out these messages. And ultimately, um, they allowed it to be aired. They didn't take us off mm-hmm, the air. Mm-hmm. However, two days later, it got taken down. I've never had any wow. sermon. <laughs> I've never had any sermon taken down by Facebook. And because we spoke about the rally, the Canberra rally and so forth, there was nothing political. There was nothing bad. We were just talking about it from a biblical, spiritual point of view um, that we were giving out spiritual literature there. We were encouraging people. We were looking to do what Christ has asked us to do. And because of that, because we had mentioned some keywords, yeah, we were taken down. So it's really important to freedom of religion. Um, otherwise, we'll go back to where the Dark Ages took us. You know, Absolutely. In the Dark Ages, there was no freedom of speech. Absolutely. There was tyranny. There was coercion, uh, manipulation, and, and so on and so forth. 
Yeah, well, it's exciting. And so we I'm should, very excited. We should keep watching this space. Absolutely. <laughs> so I hope and pray that Elon Musk does stand true yes. to what he has um, you know, decided to do in, in, in spending billions and billions of dollars, um, that he will maintain that, that freedom. Amen. Yeah. Well, you know, you may have a comment or question as you're listening to us discuss these things here. And just a reminder, the number to contact us and to text through your responses is 0488-17624. Pastor Danny, what's, the, what's another thing you'd like to talk about? Well, I'd like to talk about, um, you know, Jesus said um, at the end of time, you know, those labor pains in Matthew 24 that we've looked at over and over again, you know, especially concerning wars and rumors of wars, um, famines and pestilences and earthquakes and natural disasters and so on and so forth would be increasing um, just before Jesus comes. And seeing what's taking place there in Ukraine and Russia, that that horrible oh, conflict that yeah. is continuing, you know, we're, I don't know, over two months now into that conflict, it's continuing. Um, just to see the disruption that we have now in supply chains, um, the wheat you know, they're, they're, I've mentioned this before. You know, Ukraine and um, and Russia are considered to be the you know the breadbasket of mm-hmm. Europe mm-hmm. and and much of the world, especially Africa. And so, you know, there, there's a great risk of what's coming down the track. You know, not necessarily right now, but in the coming months. You know, when when the harvest won't be there. So there's an issue with that. There's obviously oil issues and gas issues. There's obviously sunflower oil, you know, which is a, I mean, Ukraine is a major producer, I think the leading producer in, in, in Russia. So these two countries produce so much of that, not to mention fertilizer and the Russians producing fertilizer and so forth. So you have, you have all these different issues that are coming to the fore. Inflation is rising. So there's a lot yeah, of, there's a lot of, a lot of there's a lot of anxiety. There, there's a lot of stress and mm-hmm. um, protests are starting to build. And I'm not talking about freedom protests. I'm talking about people who are, who are asking and praying um, that, that the government and or, or the powers to be will provide, you know, better working conditions, um, higher wages, um, in order to keep up with the inflationary pressures that are growing. So it just seems that there seems to be more and more of a convergence yes. of, of issues. Absolutely. I was, I was noticing too that Deutsche Bank, um, they have you know raised eyebrows just recently by predicting that there's a major recession mm. coming. So yeah. now, you know, the economic world is on edge. But it just reminds me of what the Bible says in James 5. It says, Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded and the corrosion will be evidence against you. It goes on. But basically, you have laid up treasure in the last days. Mm, and yeah. Jesus says, you know, the treasures of this earth come to an end, but the only treasure that's eternal is the one that we store. Seek in first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Exactly right, yeah. and um, and I think it's important because we have Revelation picks up on that language as well. You know, when it comes to Babylon and yes. uh, Babylon will be no more, and there'll be weeping and mourning. You know, because the merchants of this earth, you know, it's all come to nothing. Yeah. So we're going to look at that as we go along. I think also, um, you know, you got the Russian foreign minister this week. Um, speaking of the possibility of a nuclear war, if the USA and Europe, NATO, if they continue to fight this proxy war, as he put it, you know, mm-hmm. feeding the Ukrainians with, with military hardware to keep this war going. So they're kind of getting a little bit annoyed, the Russians, and saying, hey, you know, this could escalate further and mm-hmm. perish the thought if that takes place. Then you've got our own... Pro- our own um, uh, uh, what's it? The Minister of Defence... 
Federal Minister of Defence, um, Peter Dutton. And on Anzac Day, notice what he said on yeah, Anzac Day. That. He said, and I'm quoting him, we preserve peace in Australia by preparing for war. I saw that. We preserve peace by preparing for war. I mean, what have we come to? You know, I don't ever remember this kind of rhetoric mm-hmm. um, amongst our politicians. And so they're saying, folk, the only way we're going to have peace in this nation is if we get ready for war. So we need to arm ourselves um, in order to maintain peace. And so we can clearly see that that the angels of God, those four angels in Revelation chapter 7, are holding back the winds of strife and perish the thought when those angels begin to let go. And that's why... We've been saying over and over and over and over again the words of Jesus when you see all these things come to pass, which we are right now, look up because your redemption is drawing near. We need to look up to Christ. We need to hold on to him. We're coming to a time, Sharissa, where we're going to have Christ and Christ alone to hold on to. Nothing else, no other earthly support will be available to us. All other earthly supports will fail us. They will fail us. And so Christ and Christ alone. um, And so we need to spend time with Christ now. We need to get on our knees. We need to open our Bibles. We need to spend less time on Facebook, more time. In the book. In the book, faces in the book. Um, (laughs) You know, less time in those other areas that are attractions and distractions to take away our time and energy and more time in the things concerning the kingdom of God. And just supposing there's somebody who's listening and saying, I really resonate with that. I want that. I don't know where to start. Please connect with us. We'd Mm, love to uh, help you out there. We could find a local representative of Faith FM who could step you through just the basics of getting into God's word. 04888-1762-4. Yes, we've got people on standby, ready. Absolutely. You know, just waiting they to live connect for with this. you. They do, they live for it. They do live for it. They're called Bible workers <laughs> and right. others. So, um, but yeah. Amen. Well, we are going to listen to Joey and Rory bring us the song, He Touched Me. Beautiful old song. And then after that, we have the news, and we will be back with our Bible study as we begin unpacking the second angel's message of Revelation chapter 14.
6,000 years from perfection, we are very, very damaged. Our DNA is damaged. Our genes are damaged. We carry so much damage with us everywhere that we go. Our life has been reduced to just 70 years, which Mm -hmm. is just a fraction of what it used to be. And our mental capacity is massively, massively reduced. Mm -hmm. We've got a brain that is probably only a quarter of the size of the original brain that we used to have back in those days and a much less computing power. But let's say that you live for a 1,000 years and let's say that you have photographic memory and let's say that everything you learn just stays there and is easily recalled, imagine what computing power there is in your brain and imagine what you can accomplish over a 1,000-year period. Mm. Join us weekday mornings on The Breakfast Show. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. G'day, Australia. I'm Blake, and I'm tired of all the negativity all around us. It's time to get positive and speak life into every situation. So join us every Thursday, Avo, afternoon, I can't say the word, for my new show, Speak Life, to learn how to navigate and find ways to speak life into every situation, no matter what gets thrown at you. We want to help equip you for the trials and struggles we all face, and just have some fun talking together and speaking life. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Looking unto We are live here in studio in the Looking Up program. You're listening to Danny and Sharissa and a special welcome if you're just joining us. We are just about to get into our Bible study, but before we do, I want to uh, make you aware of just a couple of things. The first thing is we have a special giveaway today for the first 10 people who text in with our code word, which we'll probably release in the next segment, but just giving you a heads up, today's giveaway for the first 10 people to text us with the code word is an amazing little book. It's called Amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. It's published by the Review and Herald. And uh, yeah, I think if you're interested in Bible prophecy, you will love this book. It talks about Nebuchadnezzar's dream in the book of Daniel, the four great beasts, the little horn, and so on. And then when it talks about the book of Revelation, it's talking about the seven churches, seven seals. It's got everything there. So definitely you want to be listening out for that code word when we give it in the next segment. 
also a reminder that we'd love to hear from you and this will be a number you should keep handy in case you do want to be in the running for that giveaway. The number is 0488-17624. That's the number to connect with us live here in studio. We would love to hear from you even if it's just a g'day. So Pastor Danny, we've come to the time where we want to study the Bible together. Is there anything else you wanted to add on the news front or you're ready just to launch in? Oh, I think we can almost launch in, but I think you shared something with me that I had not heard before. So this was news to me, and I'm sure it's going to be news to most, if not all, of our listeners. Um, Something fascinating, a new term that I had not heard before. Well, it was just a term that I saw literally just before we went live before, and it's uh, it's on news.com.au. There was an article that says... Uh, when and where you can get the flu vaccine and, and you, where you can get a booster. But then it talks about how experts are advising Australians to get vaccinated against influenza in the next few days because they're warning of a twindemic in coming months. Mm. And it makes sense because, you know, experts say that with the heightened spread of COVID, everybody's been worried about that. But over the COVID-19 period, there's been lower exposure to influenza, Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. influenza virus, which means lower levels of the influenza vaccine coverage compared to previous years. And with borders reopening, they're just predicting a resurgence in influenza in 2022. Wow. So we'll have a twin demic. A twin demic. Wow. Do you have any other good news? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) All the more reason to keep looking up. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. seriously, it's it's one thing after the other. And I guess I wanted to just sort of mention one other thing. And and this is all about we need to keep putting our trust in the Lord. Um, And President Biden has um, talked about, you know, a Russian cyber attack Mm. on the USA you know, and there are others that are predicting a potential like worldwide cyber, you know, attack and shutting down the internet potentially. So all these things are 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 out there and we're so vulnerable. We're like at no other time in human history we're so vulnerable. Everything you know, everything's pretty much run off computers. It's true. You know, if the computer if you think about, you know, the internet, if the internet literally shuts down, you know, that's gonna impact pretty much every aspect of our lives. Mm. Um, and for a week or two weeks or for a month, perish the thought. Um, so, yeah, it just amazing times. It just shows. It just shows. And so, yeah. So we need to be we need to be spending more and more time with Jesus, more and more time in His Word, making sure that our relationship with Him is on solid ground. Amen. Because that's what's going to get us through each and every day, and especially as we approach um, those closing moments of human history. So there's a lot more, of course, we could talk about, but we could probably get into our Bible study um, and continue this journey that we have been on in the three angels' messages. So I don't know if you've got anything else to share, Sharissa. No, I think I'm I'm ready. I'm excited for the study. We can pray. You can pray, my friend, and then um, we can open up the Scriptures. So I hope and pray that if if you're not driving or you're at home, we'd encourage you to pull out your Bible. And so that you can track with us um, on some of the major passages that we're going to be looking at together. So that would be a great idea. And maybe a pen and paper to make some notes. Absolutely. That you can go over <laughs> later on and be a good Berean. And just check us out and make sure we're on the right path. 
And if we're not, let us know. <laughs> exactly. Do a bit of a fact check on us, bit, right. especially on Sharissa. You need to fact check her. <laughs> I'm okay, but not Sharissa. Yep. No. <laughs> Fair enough, Sharissa. You want to have a prayer, my friend? Sure. All right. Let's pray. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, that we have the privilege and the freedom to study your word. We invite the Holy Spirit to be with us and our listeners as we do, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, I guess we could begin by going to Revelation. Um, chapter 14. All right. And we have, we have looked at the first angel's message there. It begins with um, Revelation 14, verse 6. Well, maybe you could just read for us uh, Revelation 14, beginning in verse 6. Read verse 6 and 7, and we'll just do a quick, very brief overview, and then we'll move into verse 8 and the second angel's message. Sure. The Bible says, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. Verse 8? No, no, no. We'll, just we'll, stop we'll, there? Yeah, just stop there. Okay, so this is called the what kind of gospel? The everlasting gospel. All right, well, you, you tell us. I'll do a bit of bit of a quiz on, on you, Sharissa. And you, okay. you, you, here we go. This is unrehearsed, folks. So we're, <laughs> we're putting we're putting Sharissa under the spotlight. So the gospel, in a nutshell, what's the gospel? The power of God to save and transform our lives. Amen. And that's been the everlasting good news, mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. Okay, fantastic. So, and it needs to go where? To every nation, kindred, tribe, tongue, and people. So. That's that's in line with what Jesus said in Matthew twenty four fourteen that the gospel was to go to the whole world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. Amen. All right, then in verse seven we have we have the gospel beginning to be unpacked here. Um, fear God. We talked about fearing God. Why why does the angel begin with fear God? Well, I guess it's the most important thing when we get that part right. Our relationship with God, then everything else follows. And um, I think about all the Bible greats, Noah, Mm. Abraham. They feared God, the Bible says. They did what God said to do, not what the world around them said, and he blessed them Mm. in an amazing way. Fear God and put him first. So that's putting God first. That's Mm -hmm. literally what it means. Not to be afraid of God, but to put God first in your life. When Mm -hmm. we unpack that in a a message that we, we spent a whole hour on that. What about giving glory to God? Yeah, they just singing in church. No, it's it's through your life, like in everything that you do. The Bible says, "Whatsoever you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God." So, um, particularly, you know, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. You know, by the love you mm. have, so the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, um, you know them by their fruits. So we can give glory to God just by our lives. And the glory of God is His character, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so by seeking to emulate the character of God. The Amen. fruits of the Spirit in our lives, yes. Now, giving glory to God for the hour of his judgment has come. It appears that this is a message that specifically refers to a time when the judgment period would begin. Mm-hmm. Um, are we actually living in that judgment hour? And what does it mean to live in that judgment hour? Well, it's very interesting that the word there in the text is present tense. The hour of his judgment has come. Mm. It's come. It's here. So according to what we studied, and I think we did this, mm. we saw that there was a time of judgment that would come. We saw that the time of that judgment would begin according to Daniel chapter mm. 8, verse 14, at the end of 2,300 prophetic 
days, so years. And Daniel chapter 9 gave us the starting point mm, for that, yeah. So, um, which was 457 B.C., wasn't yeah. it? And yes. so we counted for, from 457 right down to our time today, and we realize that today we are living in God's judgment hour and have been ever since 1844 yeah, when so God's prophetic clock struck. That's right. So from 457 B.C., if you add 2,300 years and be mindful that there was no year zero, so you've got to add a year, um, you get to 1844. So since 1844, since 1844, we've been living in that final judgment hour. Absolutely. And um, and then finally, that first angel's message concludes with you know worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. That what what does that well, remind us of? Where's that language being pulled out from, and why is that so significant? Yeah, I think we talked about this as being like a copy paste job mm. from the Ten Commandments. It's yeah. right out of Exodus twenty, the commandment about the Sabbath, which stands as a memorial mm-hmm. to God's creative power. And, uh, yeah, worship him who made heaven and earth, the Sabbath stands to remind us of that very fact. Yeah, so it's a call for, for the entire world to to give their allegiance, to worship the Creator. And so this takes us back to, to, to the Garden of Eden, that we were created in God's image, and it gives us an opportunity to honor him as our Creator. Have you heard of Charlie Kirk? No, I haven't. Well, Chell and I, we were talking about this just before, but Charlie Kirk's a famous guy in America, right? And he's discovered the Sabbath, and he's oh. been talking about it, pushing it on his blogs, pushing right? it on, yeah, with his wife's podcasts and things like this, Shell was sharing. So that's pretty exciting. Like, people are discovering God's Sabbath, so that's, that's really exciting. So this message going to the whole world is going to be discovered more and more and more. Amen. And Charlie Kirk's the latest one. <laughs> yeah, and why wouldn't God want people to? Because it's such a blessing. Indeed, indeed. All right, so that's the first angel's message. God uh, shares his truth. Now we're going to go into the second angel's message here. Do you want to read verse 8? Sure. The Bible says, And another angel followed, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. All right, okay, now Babylon. That's what we're going to be looking at, the fall yes. of Babylon. Now, Revelation, as we've discovered, is given in signs and symbols. Yes. Um, in the very first chapter, right at the very beginning, it says that you know God gave the message of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, as we have discovered. You know, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Um, he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John. That's right. So that's in the very first verse mm-hmm. of Revelation chapter 1. So it's given in signs and symbols. So when it says Babylon is fallen, is fallen, <coughs> we're not necessarily speaking of literal Babylon, are we? No. Because this is in an end time it's context. It's all in signs here. and symbols. So we would expect it to be a sign or a symbol of something. Okay. So what we need to do is we need to discover what does this Babylon represent? Mm-hmm. Um, in order to get to the truth of, of what it means when the Bible says Babylon, the great, mm-hmm. is fallen, is fallen, we need to understand what is behind Babylon. What does this system um, symbolize? Mm-hmm. What is the meaning? And, and go from there. Now, ancient Babylon today, in case our listeners are wondering, is in modern-day Iraq. And it pretty much is still in ruins. Uh, we have Saddam Hussein who was executed. He tried to rebuild ancient Babylon. However, um, the, you know, the, the first Gulf War um, put pay to his plans. 
And then as he was trying to sort of get, get back on his feet with his building program, the second Gulf War took place, and that took him out completely. Um, we, have, we, have, we have Saddam Hussein seeking to emulate King Nebuchadnezzar, who was one of his heroes, mm-hmm. you know, and he's been sort of painted um, with, with um, King Nebuchadnezzar. You know, there are, there are murals, there is a, a picture I mean, that I discovered, and people can go online, of King Nebuchadnezzar and Saddam Hussein in the one chariot, you know, 2,500 years apart from one another in the chariot, and, there's, and they're riding, you know, uh, riding in a chariot. And then you have, then you, have you know, um, missiles and helicopters and planes and everything falling, you know, in the sky. And so it's interesting that, you know, Saddam Hussein thought very, very highly of, of King Nebuchadnezzar. So he's a significant individual, and we're going to be looking at that. Now, when it comes to when it comes to Babylon, where do we have its origins? Ah, oh, well, is from, it King Nebuchadnezzar, or does it go beyond? I think that? it goes beyond that. Okay. From my reading, I thought it started way back. First mentioned in Genesis. Genesis, indeed. We've got the Tower of Babel. Yeah, the Tower right. of Babel. Now. Before we before we unpack the Tower of Babel, I do want to point out that in Revelation we've got these opposites. You know, we've got Babylon and we've got Jerusalem. There's a number of opposites, and I'm just going to briefly go through them. We've got the Lamb, Christ versus the Dragon, Satan. We've got the New Jerusalem versus Babylon, which I've mentioned. We've got the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit versus the Counterfeit Trinity. Um, we've got the Three Angels' Messages versus the Three Frogs. We've got the Commandment Keepers versus the commandment breakers, the virgin versus the harlot, the bride and the lamb versus the harlot and the beast, um, and all the way through, you know, the etern- the righteous and the unrighteous, the holy and the unholy, you know, God's cup of salvation, Satan's cup of damnation, and finally the seal of God and the mark of the beast. So you have these opposites in the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. And so today we're going to be taking a look at Babylon. And what it entails. Well, we are going to have to do that in just a moment. We're going to listen right now to Carly Fletcher, Come and Worship, and then we are going to unpack the second angel's message even more. springs of water for he is the one who created all things and calls us to rest from our labor each sabbath he calls us aside to come rest in him and His sons and his daughters For he 
Carly Fletcher, come and worship, and you are listening to Looking Up. And before we get back into our Bible study, we're stepping through the second angel's message of Revelation chapter 14, a message which God said should go to the whole world. We want to give away the code word for today because mm-hmm. we have 10, 10, 10, 10 wow. giveaways for ten the first giveaways. 10 people to text us with the code word. The number... I'll give it to you in just a moment, but today's code word is Babylon. Babylon, spelt baby lon. Yeah. Babylon, baby, the word baby, lon, L O N. Babylon. Good. Put it good. together, Babylon. And the book that you can be in the running for if you text this word in is called Amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation by the Review and Herald. If you're interested in what do all the prophecies mm. of the four great beasts in Daniel chapter 7, or maybe you're wondering about the mark of the beasts in Revelation 13, or the great red dragon, or the seven seals, or seven trumpets, or all of these things, thousand years, 
this is a book for you. So wow. please text us. So I can see the text coming in. God bless you. Uh, the word is Babylon. First 10 people to call, not call, to text wow. us will receive this book. I think it should be the first nine people because I need one of those books in my <laughs> library. There you go, folks. You're uh, racing, Pastor Danny. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, 10 books are available. 10 books ten are available. Books, 10 books. That's a great resource. You know what? Um, studying Bible prophecy is so exciting. It's it's so interesting and to see Bible prophecy being fulfilled before your very eyes and in particular next week when we take a look at some of the some of the current events that are taking place that are straight out of this study that we're doing, we're gonna look at that next week. Um, it's just incredible. It's just incredible to actually see these things, you know, in real time on mm-hmm. the front cover of, you know, our major news magazines, on the news. It's just incredible. Amen, amen. Incredible. So we're we're looking at Babylon, uh, the second angel's message, Babylon the Great is fallen, is fallen. It's repeated twice, and we're going to discover why that is as we go along. Uh, For she has made, coerced, that's force, all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of a fornication. There's a lot in there. Next Mm -hmm. week, we're going to deal with the wine of Babylon. So we don't have time to look at that today. But today, we're just looking at Babylon and what that represents. Because when we get our heads around Babylon and what Babylon means, because it's all the way through the book of Revelation, then we've got a very good understanding of of what God's trying to tell us. Mm -hmm. So it's important to understand the background. So the book of Revelation borrows language, signs, symbols, metaphors um, from from the Old Testament. And so that's where we go to, as you pointed out. Babylon has its origins there in the Tower of Babel Mm -hmm. in Genesis 11. Do you want to read for us, please, Genesis 11? Verses 1 to 4. 1 to 4? Genesis 11, 1 to 4. Oh, okay. Let me, I've got 4. Let me just pull this up. Sorry. Genesis 11, 1 to 4. The Bible says, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Okay, so here we have, um, well, actually, we'll discover this is not quite the origin of Babylon. It is here in Scripture, but there's a, there's a previous Scripture. Now, it's interesting here, Sharissa. We have, this is after the flood, mm-hmm. post-flood, and it says they had one language yes. and one speech. One language, one speech. That's going to be fascinating because... In Revelation, we discover that Babylon is of one mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. they are one. So, so history will repeat at the very end of time. And here we have Babylon, and the aim is for them to make a name for themselves, and for them to raise up an empire for themselves. They don't want to be scattered all over the face of the earth. That is complete defiance of what God said. Because what did God tell Adam and Eve? Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. What did he tell Noah after the flood? Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. We don't have time to look at all these scriptures. I'm just going to give them if people are taking down notes. Genesis 9.1 is where God restates 
his plan for the human race, not to congregate in one place, but to be fruitful and to scatter all over the earth. Because you see, there is a... In this fallen world, in this fallen world, cities are generally hotbeds of sin. Um, that's where there's a lot more crime and so on and so forth. It just seems to be, you know, Sin City. Mm-hmm. We talk about Sin City, you know, Las Vegas, and now some are calling Sydney, you know, your hometown. <laughs> um, and you know, we don't we don't talk about Tari as Sin City. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about Dubbo as Sin City. Yes, they've got issues, they've got problems, but. You know, when when a whole bunch of people congregate, it's not healthy in this sinful environment that we find ourselves here on planet Earth. The New Jerusalem is a different kettle of fish because there will be no sin in the New Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're free from sin, we're all okay. But with sin in the mix, God has said you are best living a rural agricultural life. And yet the majority of the world's population is now heading where? Into the large cities, into the you know, cities, over yeah. half the world's population. That's interesting. It says here that they wanted to make a name for themselves. Now, the Bible tells us Cain, that was Abel's brother, he killed his brother Abel, that is Cain. Cain is the first to build a city and name it after his son. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. That's in Genesis 4.17, whereas Seth, so he was, he was born after um, Cain and Abel. And his descendants, the Bible says, called on the name of the Lord. What a contrast. So one wants to build a city, a name for himself. The other one is calling on the name of the Lord. So you've True, got these, nice two, these two genealogies, these, this contrast between the sons of God, you know, the line of Seth and the daughters of men, the mm-hmm. line of Cain. One who keeps God at the center and one who keeps self at the center. Self, exactly, exactly. And so it's interesting, and from the genealogy, um, of Ham, that was one of Noah's sons, and he was the one that received the curse. You can read about that at the end of Genesis chapter 9. We have Nimrod. Mm. Nimrod comes onto the scene, and guess what? He is the first one that has aspirations to build a city. Mm-hmm. And you can read about that in um, Genesis chapter 10. That's right. And if you want to read in verse 8, um, Genesis t- chapter 10, and reading verse, I guess, 8 and um, to, 10? to 10. Yeah, 8 to 10 will be fine. Cush begot Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord, and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. Um, and then it keeps going. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's interesting here. So the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. Mm-hmm. Okay, the, the, the Tower of Babel. That's Short where for the Babylon. T- Short for Babylon. Was exactly. That, that's right. where Babylon comes yep, from. Yeah, that's right. And so we've got Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. That can also be translated against the Lord. Mm. So cities being built, name for ourselves, pride, self-sufficiency, arrogance. And here we have here we have Babel also representing unbelief in the word of God, defiance. You know, God put a rainbow up in the air, you know, up in the sky, I should say. As, a, as an eternal symbol that there would never be a flood again. And so the towers of, uh, the builders of the Tower of Babel were like, no, we, we don't believe in God. We don't believe in his word. Mm. So, so defiance and unbelief and salvation by works. So we can save ourselves. Really interesting. It's interesting that word Babel. Yes. I discovered it means gate of the gods. That's what it means. 
Yeah, I read somewhere too that um, they believed in Babylon that the gods literally would come to the to their city to commune with them. That's so, right. Yeah, the That's gate right. of the gods. It's really, really interesting because yeah, you have you have the builders of Babel who believe that this tower that they were building would connect them with heaven. Amazing. Okay, <laughs> human human um, effort. effort seeking salvation. Mm. And this, you know, this in between. So the tower was to be this tower of Good Babel point. was to be the in between God and humanity. Whereas Jesus said, "I am the one that is between God and humanity." You know, I'm the mediator. That's First Timothy chapter two, verse five. And Jesus said, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life." And it's interesting that um, I discovered that the ancient priests of Babylon promoted themselves as being the connecting link between heaven and earth. Hmm. And so it's interesting that um, the Church of Rome has taken upon the Bishop of Rome, that would be the Pope, the name Pontifex Maximus. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Okay, it's an interesting term. People may have heard it. Um, Or Pontiff, you know, the Pope is spoken of as the Pontiff. You know, often we'll hear that um, a reference reference to, to the Pope as the Pontiff. And literally the Pontiff is the Latin... And it's made up of two words, pont meaning bridge and fex meaning to to build. Mm-hmm. So to build a bridge. And so pontifex maximus, maximus is the word the greatest of all. So the greatest bridge builder. So the the emperors of Rome took upon themselves that that title from the priests, the Babylonian priests who saw themselves as the ones to communicate with the gods on behalf of the people. They were the intermediaries. You know, they were the the one in between, the intercessor. And so the Roman emperors took on board themselves the intercessor between the people and the gods, and that's why they asked to be worshipped. And then when the church, sadly, went into apostasy, when the Christian church went into apostasy, the Roman bishops took upon themselves that same... That, that same title, we are in the place of God. Mm. We are in the place of Jesus Christ. And so we now, and that is why you're taught, you know, Church of Rome, you know, Roman Catholics are taught to go to the priest for forgiveness because they are the ones. The bridge. They're the bridge, the grace of the bridge. And when I was in um, Rome, I had the opportunity of going to the Vatican. And there at the Vatican in St. Peter's Square, you have you know a whole bunch of these monuments, and you you find Pontifex Maximus everywhere, mm. you know, um, in stone. So it continues to this very day, and I was like, wow, you that know, th- there's no secrets. It's right there. We are Pontifex Maximus. We are, you know, the you know the Bishop of Rome is the one who is to bring you before God. Mm. You know, he is the intermediary. And um, and that was what the Reformation was all about to a great deal, that, you know, we don't need to go through a priest. We don't need to go through a pope. We go directly to Jesus Christ. Amen. And um, so, yeah, so that's really, really interesting. Also, Babel, um, it means confusion. The Hebrew word balal is very similar to the word Babel, and that means confusion. So the Hebrew mm-hmm. word balal means confusion. Like a baby that babbles. Yeah, like a baby that babbles. Exactly right. And so you've got confusion. Um, and um, 
So, and also blasphemy, which we've just pointed out, you know, to claim the prerogatives of God. So Babel, right at the very beginning, if you put the whole picture together of Babel, what Babel represents is unbelief, defiance, salvation by works, blasphemous claims, and to be the mediator between God and uh, humans, confusion, pride, self-sufficiency. So right there from the get-go, this is what Babylon represents. Yeah, And there's a lot more, but this is the foundation. Okay, so Babylon in the Bible represents rebellion towards God, apostasy, and it's not talking about literal ancient Babylon because that's not being rebuilt. It doesn't exist anymore. It's in ruins. It's in ruins. It's interesting too. I'm not sure if you were going to come to this, the verse in 1 Peter 5.13. Yeah, we're going to get to that when we get to the when we get to pagan Rome as the Babylon. Yeah, yes, we are going to get to that. Well, we will come back to this in just a moment. We're going to go to Randy Travis now. He's going to bring to us a song called "We Fall Down." And a reminder: it's not too late to grab your phone, text the word Babylon to our number zero four triple eight seventeen sixty two four for today's free offer. They're going, but there's still a few left. So, please take this up. Oh 
You're listening to Looking Up, and just before we dive back into our Bible study, Danny's got something exciting to share. We just talked about it now. Reminder, there is a giveaway today for the first 10 people who connect with us. We've already had some people come in with the code word. The code word is... Babylon. 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 I like that. Babylon. 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 Uh, please text us on zero four triple eight seventeen sixty two four with the word Babylon and the, this amazing book con- entitled Amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation will be coming to you. Everything you've ever wondered about Bible prophecy, there's some great stuff in this book. So it's a free gift to the first ten people Amen. who connect with us. Amen. Yes, a wonderful resource. All right, we're journeying through Babylon. We're trying to get a handle on what Babylon means and what it represents from Scripture and um. We've looked at the origins of, of Babylon, the Tower of Babel, and even prior to that, Nimrod, um, who was uh, a, a warrior who went against the Lord and so forth, and he set up that city Babylon as well, uh, Babel, mm-hmm. um, as well as many other cities. Um, and so there are six different um, stages of Babylon all the way through to the end, and then there's a seventh um, piece that just pulls it all together. So we need to get through this. There's a lot to share, and um, unfortunately we don't have time to go into a lot of details, but I'm going to go to the second one. The second one is the Babylon of Hammurabi. Now, have you heard of Hammurabi? I've heard of it, but I wouldn't be able to tell you a first (laughs) thing about it. Now, King Hammurabi, he was part of the ancient city of Babylon, we would say the first city of Babylon. This is um, part of the Ur of the Chaldees, where okay. Abraham came from. So there are many that believe that Abraham and um, and uh, King Hammurabi were contemporaries, mm. you know, that Abraham lived around that period of time. So we're looking at about 2,000 years before Christ. In fact, um, Hammurabi, um, it is believed that he ruled and reigned was for about 1750 BC to 1800 BC. So that's many moons ago. And um, there's a famous steel, and by steel, that's a technical term for um, uh, uh, a not a carving, but um, a stone, a major stone over over seven feet high um, that has the lore of Hammurabi. So that's Hammurabi's probably what code. I've heard about. Yeah, it, and yeah. it's in the Louvre Museum in Paris. So if wow. you ever go to Paris, okay. I've yep. been to Paris, and there it is. It's staring at you. It's this massive, you know, 2.2 meters high, seven seven foot five inches for those who go by the old old system. And Hammurabi's law was written in stone, mm-hmm. interestingly, just like God's law. And there are some similarities to the Ten Commandments and to other mm. laws that we find in the books of Moses. I'd love to. Those five books. So, yes, yeah, so, so that's something interesting. So that was the Babylon of Hammurabi. Now we move from there, we move, say, a thousand years. Uh, not quite a thousand years, but about seven, eight hundred years. We moved to about six hundred BC. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess over a thousand years, about six hundred BC, to where you have King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, many of our listeners have heard of King Nebuchadnezzar. We have talked about the prophecy there in Daniel chapter two, and the book of Daniel is is um, is is very much focused on King Nebuchadnezzar and his life. Um, and and even his conversion, you know, as you read about that. But the father of King Nebuchadnezzar was Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. And so he established what is known as the Neo-Babylonian Empire. Now, do you know what that means, Neo-Babylonian? 
Tell me. Neo, Neo-Babylonian means the new Babylonian Empire. Ah. Neo means new. So when people talk about the new world order, we could say the neo world order. Yeah, you could say that if we've already had one, but we haven't really had one, um, <laughs> such as the one that they're looking to roll out. But yeah, so this is Babylon rebuilt. And so especially under King Nebuchadnezzar, he rebuilt Babylon and Babylon was was indeed, you know, one of the one of the seven wonders of the then the known world. The Hanging Gardens, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the Hanging Gardens, which um, King Nebuchadnezzar built for his wife, you know, who came from a very beautiful part of the Middle East there and didn't want her to be homesick, so he ensured that she had the same gardens. Isn't that just so romantic, so beautiful? What a gift. (laughs) (laughs) What a wonderful gift. And so, yeah, so you have have Babylon built um, into a mighty empire by King Nebuchadnezzar, and there was gold everywhere, and that is why gold... Um, represents Babylon there in Daniel chapter 2. The head of gold represented the kingdom of Babylon because there was gold everywhere. One historian said there was more gold than dust Hmm. to be found in Babylon. And this city was an impregnable city. It's considered to be one of the greatest cities of all time, not just of antiquity, but of all time. There has never been, many consider, a more luxurious, more beautiful, more brilliant city than Babylon of old. That was two and a half thousand years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and yet, you know, I mean, it had it had walls that were so high, you know, over 100 feet high, you know, 10 to 15 to 20 metres thick, like three walls. It was impregnable. Mm-hmm. It was it was the Titanic of the then known world. It was. You know, they had a food storage supply too, About 70, they? 80 years, yeah. So I mean, they, they had the river Euphrates. They had water, they had food. Yeah, they had, exactly. So they had everything that you need in order to sustain life. So, I mean, there, there are stories, I'm not sure whether they're true or not, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them that when the Medo-Persians um, surrounded the city under Cyrus, that the Babylonians threw food at them, you know, from over the walls. They threw food at them because they just said so. You wouldn't do that. Under normal circumstances, you know, when the city was surrounded, besieged, they would look to starve the people either into submission or to ultimately, you know, break down the walls and just take over. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't go throwing food to the enemy if you were inside the city and surrounded. But that is how they felt. And um, that's why you've got King Belshazzar in Daniel chapter 5. He hosts a banquet for a thousand of his lords. You know, so so that's that's really fascinating. So we've got that Babylon. Um, Now... It's interesting, if you want to just read Daniel chapter 4, verse 30, and this is what King Nebuchadnezzar, before he spent time, uh, before he spent seven years as a vegan, um, <laughs> um, the first recorded vegan post-Adam and Eve, <laughs> is King Nebuchadnezzar, what he said about Babylon in Daniel chapter 4, verse 30. All right. He said, the king spoke, saying, is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? Okay, so what do we have here? A very self-centered king. <laughs> Hubris. We've got pride. Yes. Self-sufficiency, and it's all about me, me, me. Yep. So at the very heart of Babylon, we mentioned that earlier, the Tower of Babel, same deal. You know what I mean? It's about let us make a name for ourselves. Let us make a tower up into the heavens. Mm-hmm. So we have we have pride. We've also got we've also got in the story of Daniel, the stories of Daniel, we've got their oppression. We've got their persecution. Yes. Bow down to the image or face the fiery furnace. 
pray to any other god other than to the king for 30 days and you'll be lion feed. Mm-hmm. So that's part of Babylon. And so all these pieces, Sharissa, come together at the end of time. All the things we're talking about, pride, self-sufficiency, um, persecution, um, taking the place of God, um, salvation by works, human works, wow, all these what things. A picture that's they, developing. They all come together. All these pieces come together in the end time Babylon. So when God says Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, this is what it's referring to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really, really important. Um, spiritualism also, because what you have, what you have there is, um, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar and he's connecting with his, um, you know, astrologers and soothsayers and magicians and Chaldeans and so on and so forth. There's spiritualism involved here. Mm-hmm. Um, there is also the mixing of church and state, um, where wow. if you don't worship a certain way, you'll be punished. So that's the mixture of church and state. And so that is part of Babylon, and that's what we have at the end. Also, we've got a mixture of the holy and the unholy. Daniel chapter 5. What does King Belshazzar do with those cups he from the temple? He fills them with wine and has a party with these. And he drinks to who? To the honor of his gods. Of his gods. So can you see the mixing of the holy wow, yeah. vessels That's from powerful. the temple that were taken by King Nebuchadnezzar from Jerusalem? He then puts alcohol in them. So the mixing of truth and error. So that's part of Babylon, the sacred and the profane being mixed. All right. So we go from there to the next Babylon, Babylon number four. And this is... I have never looked at it like this. This is cool. Yeah. And this is Rome. So we've got pagan Rome. Yes. And we've got that scripture you want to mention. You want to read that scripture from 1 Peter 5.13, please. Yes. The Bible says, She who is in Babylon, elect together with you, greets you, and so does Mark, my son. And that's in Peter, 1 Peter 5.13, and okay. written by Peter. Written by Peter. Now, where did Peter die? Well, I don't know where he died. In Rome. Okay. Where he, he died, died in, in Rome. Rome. So we believe that he is writing here from the church that is established there in Rome. So yes. it says, she who is in Babylon, the church yes. who is so in Babylon. he's saying that Rome had come to represent all the things that Babylon Ex- had represented exactly. in the past. Exactly. Amazing. We've just had Easter, so I can say exactly. <laughs> I know, that's a really <laughs> That was bad. a dad joke. That was a very bad <laughs> joke. So she who is in Babylon, elect yeah. together with you, greets you. And so... Peter, he, he is using code language for pagan Rome. Now, mm-hmm. pagan Rome, iron legs in Daniel chapter 2, yes. Rome was ruthless, mm-hmm. oppressive towards God's people, and the emperors wanted to be worshipped as gods. Mm-hmm. And so there was great persecution, especially for those first 200 years of Christian history. Horrible persecution under individuals like Nero and Diocletian, um, you know the Herods. It's it's interesting um, that you know you have you have under pagan Rome you have church and state coming together to persecute. Mm. You got Jesus Christ, you know, who is persecuted by by the Jews who combine with the the Jewish leaders that combine with pagan Roman officials. Herod, sorry, Herod and and Pilate in particular to put Jesus Christ on the cross. Mm. It's never a good. Thing when church no. and state comes together throughout history, from what I can see, never a good thing. Never good for God's people. No, no, no. So that's what we have. So pagan Rome represents Babylon mm-hmm. during its time. So can you see can. this idea of Babylon 
all the way it's from developing, it's growing from from the flood, from post flood. Amazing. You have even before the post flood, you have those two lines, mm-hmm. Cain um, and Seth, right mm. from the very beginning. And we're going to discover who is the originator of Babylon. That's ah. that's piece number seven. Oh. Uh, but we're not going to get there just yet. <laughs> so um, let's go to piece number five. All right, piece number five. We're doing well getting through these. Yeah, we are. Babylon as papal Rome. Okay, Ooh. so the papacy as Babylon. Now, why did you say that? Okay, so here we have a system. So we've got pagan Rome. but pagan Rome becomes papal Rome. Mm-hmm. So instead of the Caesars being the Pontifex Maximus, you've got now the bishops of Rome, the popes being the Pontifex Maximus. So we go from we go from pagan Rome to papal Rome. The persecution continues, sadly, you know, and um, and we do need to make it very clear that God here is not speaking about individuals. He's not speaking about individuals that happen to be members of the Church of Rome. You know, there's over one billion, you know, individuals on the planet that that um, consider themselves as, as Roman Catholic Christians. And so we're not talking about individuals. Uh, we're talking about a system mm-hmm. uh, that is unfortunately, sadly, according to Scripture, um, fallen away from where God would have it be. So let's take a look at this. Um, now, Revelation 17. If you want to go to Revelation chapter 17, we've done a lot of history here. And if you want to read Revelation chapter 17, and if you want to read, say, verses, um, probably 1 to 5, I would say. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls and came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and of the filthiness of her fornication. And on her head a name was written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. Wow, there's a lot there, isn't there? There is. This is a, a description of the Roman papacy during the Dark Ages in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes on from there and it moves into the end time scenario, but this is a description here. And we're going to unpack this after the break because we've still got a lot more to share and so we don't have time to do that right now, but we're going to unpack a little more of this before we move into our final phase. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to this. We will listen now to Matt and Kari as they bring to us a song, To You Be the Glory, and then we will continue this Bible study. Such treasure found in Him Who could comprehend His heart and mind His wisdom has no end For from Him, through Him, to Him are all To him all 
Sure you tune in to the breakfast show to encounter God, play the quiz, hear great music, and noteworthy news. All that and much more every morning on Faith FM. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Are you or someone you know doing it tough at the moment? Faith FM would like to invite you to the Manji Food Pantry, a community initiative to supply affordable food and clothing to those in need. The Manji Food Pantry runs on the second and fourth Thursday of the month between 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. at Manjimup Seventh-day Adventist Church, 33 Highfield Street. Registration is required, so for more information, call or text Ross on 0456 747 719. That's 0456 747 719. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Looking unto Jesus. 
We are on the final leg of our Bible study on the Looking Up program, and we're so excited that you've been joining us. Some of our listeners have already taken advantage of today's giveaway, which is a special book entitled Amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. There's just a few left. If you would like to receive your free copy, please text the code word Babylon to this number, 04-888-1762-4. That's 04-888-1762-4. Text the word Babylon to that number and this book will be on its way to you. If you're in the first 10. If you're in the first 10. Absolutely. So get on the phone, my dear friends, and get that resource. It'll be a blessing to you. Well, Sharissa, we are in the final stretch. You are indeed correct. And, um, you know, once upon a time I used to do this study as one. Yeah. Separate study, and then I thought, no way, we can't get through all the information. It's impossible. So we've done it as two. Next time, I'm probably going to have to do it as three. Um, but anyway, we're going to sort of scamper through the last little section here because it's really, really important. And we'll probably have time next week to go over some things as well if we need to. And if our listeners have got any questions, feel free to text those questions through. And if not Absolutely. today, we'll deal with them next week because it's important that um, – you know, you have your questions answered. So we'd love to do that for you. That's right. Now, we've looked at um, different stages of Babylon and how they all come together in the end. We've looked at the Tower of Babel. We've looked at the Babylon of Hammurabi. We've looked at Nebuchadnezzar and ancient Babylon. We've looked at pagan Rome as Babylon. And we've, look, we're looking, we've been looking at papal Rome as Babylon that took over from pagan Rome. In Revelation 17, as you, as you read before the break, we have this woman, and a woman represents a church. Don't have time to get into all the scriptures on that, but a woman represents a church in Bible prophecy. And depending on whether she is a pure woman or whether she is a harlot, whether she, uh, it, it tells us whether it's a pure church or whether it's the corrupted church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she is riding this beast, and a beast represents what? A kingdom. A kingdom. A, a kingdom. nation. A nation. Power. Exactly. So we have the church riding the nation. That's a close relationship. That's a very close relationship, but who's in charge? The church. It's the church. So during the Middle Ages, the church of Rome was in charge. Mm-hmm. You know, the church of Rome called the shots. And, um, and so that is why the church of Rome was able to persecute, was a persecuting power. And once again, I said it before, I'll say it again. We're not talking about the people who make up uh, this denomination, this faith. We're talking about the system, mm-hmm. this system that, you know, Revelation, Daniel, Second Thessalonians talks about and so on and so forth. Um, and so that took place um, for that 1260-year period. We've got that 1260-year period from 538 to 1798. And, um, yeah, that, that, we don't have time to look at that, but that, that period is mentioned on those on seven times in Daniel and Revelation mm-hmm. in the three different ways to measure prophetic time. You know, through time, times and half a time, through 42 months and 1260 days. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is conclusive. This is, God has nailed it down. So So all of those time periods you just mentioned, time, times, half time, 42 months and 1260 days of prophetic time, they're the same amount of time. They're the same amount. Yeah. They equal, they equal 1260 years. Okay. 1260 years, literally. Okay. Then we get to end time apocalyptic Babylon. All right. This is really, really interesting. Could you read for me, please? Revelation 16 and verse 19 to begin with. Sure. The Bible says, Now the great city, 
talking about Babylon, was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon was remembered before God to give to her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Okay, so here God has a cup. Mm-hmm. We're going to look at that when we look at the third angel's message. Babylon has a cup. God has a cup. And so we have here this city and it's divided into three parts. Mm-hmm. All right. Now it's interesting when you take a look at what Babylon represents at the end of time. So we're looking at end time Babylon. This is number six, yes. the sixth Babylon, end time Babylon. If you want to read for me, please, um, verse 13 and 14 of chapter 16. Sure. So I think I just need to get Revelation 16, verse 13 and 14. And here it speaks of Babylon's three different parts. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Okay, so we have the three here, haven't we? We've got, we've got in chapter 16, verse 13 of Revelation, we've got the dragon. Mm-hmm. Who does the dragon represent? Satan. Satan, okay. Or or in a broader sense, in this context, spiritualism and the signs and the miracles and the wonders that come from Satan himself, okay? Mm-hmm. Then you have him um, in coalition with the beast, and this is speaking of that first beast power in Revelation 13, um, which is the, the sea, sea beast. beast, which is the Roman papacy, the papacy. okay? And the false prophet. This that's is the that's, earth beast. That's the earth beast. That mm-hmm. represents who? The United States of yeah, America. Or fallen, or fall, yeah, Protestantism, but this is fallen Protestantism. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so we have we have spiritualism, the papacy, as well as fallen Protestantism coming and together, all coming together, and basically, so we've got all the world religions, all the world religions, because they all have that spiritualism in them. They have been infiltrated by the enemy, by Satan himself, and so they are all coming together at the end of time to perform signs. And Satan will perform signs and wonders in order to go out and to deceive the kings of the earth and of the whole world and to gather them to that battle of Armageddon, which is another study for another day, but that's that final spiritual battle at the end of time. Wow. So this is really, really fascinating. And we know that the Roman papacy is going to be at the head of what's going to happen at the end of time because of Revelation 13.3, you know, where it says, you know, the whole world wondered. After the beast, speaking of the Roman papacy. And she she is the mother of harlots. Yeah, what does that mean? Okay, so a mother, by definition, has daughters. Mm-hmm. Okay, or, or sons. sons or daughters. Yeah, sons or daughters, sons or daughters. But here it's daughters um, because it's in a spiritual sense, it's in a symbolic sense, and a, and a, and a woman represents a church. So you've got the Church of Rome um, pulling together the Protestant world um, in order to bring about this final conflict with spiritualism and with all the other um, religions of the world and philosophies coming together with the kings of the earth. So this is the political and the spiritual. So all of the political in the world as well as all of the spiritual in the world, Mm -hmm. the spiritual powers and the political powers in the world will come together at the end of time to war against God's people and Christ himself. And we have that in Revelation 17. So you remember, I mentioned earlier, when we looked at Babel, this is where we go full circle. And this is where you join the dots at the beginning. Remember they, were of, remember they wanted one language, mm-hmm. 
and, um, and they were of one mind, basically, you know, one language, one mind. And have a look at what it says in Revelation 17. At the end of time, describing the world, this is this new world order, Revelation 17, verses 12 to 14. We're kind of jumping around a little bit because we don't have time to unpack it all, but I'm just giving you the big, the big picture. Revelation 17, verse 12 to 14. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the lamb, and the lamb will overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and king of kings, and those who are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. Wow. Wow, there you go. It's a phrase right there. There you go. So you have the ten horns, which ten is not only individually, but also ten can represent completeness. Completeness, you mm-hmm. know, the whole world made up of ten parts. Mm-hmm. And they the the kings of the earth mm-hmm. that are represented here as these ten horns, they give their power and their authority for a short time, for one hour is symbolic for a short time. Jesus said to his disciples, you know, couldn't you pray for one hour? You know, Peter, James, and John. So one hour is just a short time. And so they're of one mind, and they seek to come together at the end of time to war against Christ, who is the Lamb, and his people. But they are overcome. Christ and his people overcome. And that's exactly what we read in Revelation 18. Amen. We don't have time to look at Revelation 18, but there it says they reign for one hour. Three times it mentions those two words, one hour, a short time. But Babylon comes to an end. <coughs> so Babylon is mentioned um, six times in Revelation. The word Babylon is mentioned six times. And um, it goes through the whole, from, from, from its inception all the way through to the end. And That's you, interesting, six yeah, times. six times the word Babylon is mentioned Yeah, in wow. Revelation 18. Sorry, in Revelation, the book of Revelation. The last time is Revelation wow. eighteen twenty one. So I know there's, there's a lot of things that are just incredible. Do you want to read Revelation 18, verse 21? And here we have the sixth and final time that Babylon is mentioned. And notice the conclusion of Babylon. All right, Revelation 18, verse 21. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence the great city of Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. Babylon will come to an end. It will not be found any longer. The last time Babylon appears in Scripture, in the book of Revelation, is it won't be anymore. How good is that? Amen. The persecutor against God's people, the one who seeks to take the place of God, the one who brings you know, lies and deception and confusion will be gone forevermore. Now, as we look to land, because we've only got three minutes left according to what I see up there on the clock. <laughs> I don't like that clock unless unless my friend can do something for me, Shell. <laughs> she uh, did. <laughs> she did. Okay, she gave me an... Oh, what? Oh, fantastic. Asking it shall be given. Oh, <laughs> praise the Lord, Shell. You are the best. We've got over five minutes now. All right. So let's take a look at... So we've looked at six different elements of Babylon. Okay? Mm-hmm. Six of them. The seventh one. You said there was seven. There is seven. I just discovered this today as I was thinking about it. Hot off the press. Hot off the press. The seventh one is the ultimate king of Babylon is guess who? Read it for me. Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 4. You will take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say how the oppressor has ceased. The golden city ceased. Okay. So here we've got symbolic language where... 
the prophet Isaiah is moving from the literal king of Babylon and he moves now to the spiritual king of Babylon. He moves to the one who is behind the physical king of Babylon. Notice who he is. Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12. Folk, have your seatbelts on. This is amazing. So this is verse 12. So we're in verse 4. Now in verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer. (laughs) How you are what? Fallen from heaven. Fallen. Fallen. Have we come across that language? Yes. Oh, here is the first fall of Babylon. Here we go. This is exciting. Thank you, Shell, for the extra time. (laughs) How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer. Son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nation. Now, who is Lucifer? That's Satan. That, that's Satan, the light bearer, okay? This is Satan. This is a behind the scenes of how Satan, how Lucifer, who was God's leading angel, became Satan, the opposer of God's people Amazing. and the devil. Carry on reading, verse 13. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farther sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Time out, time out, my friend. Did we have this language earlier on? I do recognize it now that we're here, yeah. The Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. They were wanting to do what? Ascend into the heavens. Yes. Let us make a name for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Who is the ultimate king of Babylon? Who is that ultimate Babylonian power? Satan. Satan himself. Mm. He is the orchestrator of Babylon. Mm. He is point number seven, wow. brings it to a complete fulfillment. Wow. Number seven. And yet, have a look at verse 15. What does verse 15 say? The Bible says, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol. Which to means the, the grave. To the grave. To the lowest depths of the pit. So, so Lucifer tried to raise himself up mm-hmm. and he would be brought down. Babylon is fallen, is fallen, it will be no more. Yet, how did Jesus respond? How did Jesus respond? Okay, there's a scripture before that, Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. We we, we could spend a bit more time on that, but anyway, we'll press on. Okay, what was the attitude of Jesus? Let's read Philippians chapter 2 and verses 5 to 8. All right. The Bible says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, Mm -hmm. taking the form of a bond servant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Well, before we go on, so here we have... Christ and his attitude. Whereas Lucifer, five times we have the word I, 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 I will go, I will do this, I will do this, seeking to ascend and ultimately become like the Most High, become God himself. Here we have five steps. No reputation, bond servant, which literally means slave, man, human being, death, and not just any old death, but death on the cross. Jesus goes down, 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 down. Five Satan steps. stepping up. And Jesus stepping down. Exactly. And Maybe. then how does how does that end? What what does the Bible go on to say about Jesus? Philippians two verses nine to twelve. Sorry, nine to eleven. 
All right, it goes on. It says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and on the, of those on the earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow, there we have it. There we have it. And that is Exactly what Jesus said in Matthew twenty three twelve: Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So Babylon, God wants to weed out Babylon out of our lives. God Amen. instead wants to place the attitude of Jesus Christ in our hearts and in our lives, which is humility, which is service, which is thinking about others, which is putting, you know, putting ourselves on the line for the sake of the salvation of others. Rather than the opposite. What a God. That's the kind of God I want to love. And Amen. Serve. Amen. Well, we have come to the end of time, but not quite. But let's listen to this song, Let This Mind, and we'll come right back with a few more thoughts. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you. upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men found in fashion as a man he humbled himself to the death of the cross became obedient unto death let nothing be done to strike for vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Let this mind be As an appropriate song to finish the study that we have just had. Mm, uh, we want this mind, the mind of Christ, to be in us. A, a mind that was, as we just saw, Jesus was willing to humble himself even to the point of death, the death on the cross. Yes, what yes. a God. And so, um, Pastor Danny, as we close out, what would you like to leave our listeners with today? Well, I think that song says it all, and that's the message that I would like to leave 
yeah, each and every one of us with let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, the mm. complete opposite to Babylon. Mm. And those who inherit the new Jerusalem, which is the opposite to Babylon, the new Jerusalem will last forever and ever and ever, according to Revelation 21 verses, you know, chapter 21 and chapter 22. And in the new Jerusalem there's no death or There's pain? no death, there's no wow. death, and there's no sun because, the, you know, Christ what is the, the sun. He is the light and there's no night, mm. you know. Um, and so... The aim is for for us to seek to be more like Christ, for us to look to him. You know, as we look up to Christ, we become more like him, we become less like the world. And so I'm hoping and praying that each and every one of us will will choose that. And um, and in the end, in Revelation 18.4, um, John writes, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, that is, come out of Babylon, wow. my people, mm. lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plague. So there's this... There's this voice from heaven itself saying, come out of her, my people. And that reminds me of Jesus who said, you know, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. They Mm -hmm. know me and they hear my, and they follow me. So that same language is being used here that Jesus used regarding, you know, my sheep. And so Christ is inviting us to come out of confusion, to come Mm -hmm. out of rebellion, to come out of, um, you know, that which is against God and the principles of his kingdom and instead to embrace Christ and his kingdom principles, which will last forever because Babylon, as we read, will be destroyed and will be no more. Lucifer, who has become Satan, he will be no more. Mm -hmm. But the only one that will reign will be Christ and all those that have chosen to align themselves with him and his kingdom which is what I'm praying all of us will be. Amen, amen. God's uh, call to come out of of Babylon, that evacuation call is an invitation to come into Christ, Mm, to come into his his fold, if if you will, which Jesus talked about. Thank you so much for sharing all of those insights. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to next week. But before we talk about that, maybe you'd like to close us out with prayer. Sure, sure. Father in heaven, we want to thank you so much for the blessings of your word. And today, dear Lord, for many of our listeners, this has been new um, material and they're trying to get their heads around it. And thankfully, we can listen to it again and again and again as many mm-hmm. times as we need to because it's it will be online and um, we can access it that way. But Father, above all, I pray that we will seek to keep our hearts and our minds close to Jesus, mm-hmm. that in all that we do, we'll seek to look to him and seek to ensure that our relationship with him is on solid ground and that we will not be swayed, we will not be taken in by Babylon and the wine of Babylon, but instead that we will drink that sweet, that sweet cup that comes from your word, your precious word, dear Lord, and your precious truth. So I pray that you'll bless each person in the course of this new week. Until we meet again, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much. And again, if you're listening to this, if you've listened to it or you come to this uh, on a podcast later and you're thinking, I have some questions that I would really like to pitch to them about what we've talked about, please do not hesitate to text those through to us. The number zero four triple eight seventeen sixty two four. We would love to hear from you. Amen. And uh, next time we'll continue. Are we going to the third angel? No, we're going to look at the wine of Babylon. All right. (laughs) 
<laughs> you want to be sober for that one. So stick around. I love it. We'll be back this time next week. And until then, remember, fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always looks up. God bless you all. And we look forward to having you back this time next week. Keep looking up. Don't give up. Don't give up. When there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares He will cast Into the depths of the sea His love is all